재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Time once again to tap into the Korean zeitgeist by listening carefully to what Koreans are saying on mainstream or social media to each other. This is Koreascape on TBS EFM, 101.3 megahertz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Culture Pulse is what we call this segment, and Natasha So guides us on the journey. Hey, Natasha. Good morning, Kat. Okay, so we're talking first topic about teachers and the sort of uh, minefield they have to navigate when they turn to social media. That's right. So today's teacher, they're increasingly turning to a variety of social media networks to better communicate with parents and keep them up to date. But this practice also comes with a blurring boundary between a teacher's professional and professional lives and also the expectation for teachers to be on call around the clock. Yeah, the the professional, how they spend their time on the clock and how they spend their private time right. at home, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a similar problem with lots of lines of work, right? The boss expects you to be on call, basically, right? That's right, and that is one of the most commonly cited problems, the frequent messages. 29-year-old middle school teacher Ms. Yu said in a Chosonilbo article that she's scared of social network notifications popping up on her phone. Parents frequently text her asking about their child's homework or what they need to be taken to school the next day. And some parents go further and send lengthy messages seeking advice about their child's future. And the worst, apparently, are the ones that send game requests late at night. Ooh. That's terrible. Yeah, those game requests. I mean, those are easy to... (laughs) Parents, you know... I mean, when it comes to your child, it's a delicate affair. Parents Mm -hmm. want the best, right? And so often the parents have extreme influence over the teachers, right? Because uh, they can make or break a teacher's career. So it Mm. it can be really a dilemma, I think, for the teacher to not respond to the parents. Exactly, because then they'll get complaints. They'll get complaints. "Mm, You're not doing your job properly and so on. Yeah. Uh, That's when that uh, handy-dandy battery excuse comes in. Oh, my... (laughs) So sorry. My battery was dead. Um, And you could... Yeah. I I, I don't know. I don't want to solve these problems for them. (laughs) For them. Yeah. So what what other kinds of problems? There's the being on call all the time. Mm -hmm. And then the gift vouchers, you know, the gift icons that you can send over instant messaging applications, they also pose a problem. In recent years, education authorities, they've been trying to root out the culture of chunji. You know, the giving of uh, where parents give teachers gifts. Yeah. 34-year-old elementary school teacher Ms. Chong recently received a digital gift voucher from a parent worth 13,000 won. Mm. So around... 12 US dollars. Lunch. Lunch, not a huge amount. But Ms. Tong, she still didn't feel comfortable receiving it and asked the parent to cancel the voucher. But the parent wouldn't budge. And so Ms. Tong, what she ended up doing is she had to send the parent another gift voucher of the exact same value to, I suppose, cancel it out and, you know, clear her conscience. Okay, so how, what are teachers actually doing at the end of the day to, to solve these problems? Well, apart from being stressed and... As you said, the battery excuse. That's not a solution, Natasha. <laughs> but some teachers, they've resorted to purchasing a second phone for work, uh-huh. a non-smartphone one, so that they can, you know, avoid the problem altogether. For example, 34-year-old high school teacher Ms. Tread decided to open a 2G account earlier this month. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm. Low-tech solution. Low-tech solution. I can't get all of these digital goodies because I have, you know, a, a 1992 phone. An ancient phone, yeah. Yeah. So last year, her problem was that she received complaints from some parents regarding her instant messaging profile picture. 
Okay. She used a picture taken during a trip with her fiancé. They're married now. And the photo, it must have showed the hotel that they stayed at. Okay. And some parents messaged her saying, please change your profile picture. What will our children imagine looking at your hotel pics? Scandal. You traveled and you stayed in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... uh, what do people have to say online about this issue? Uh, well, it was a mixed bag of responses. One parent wrote, I'm a mom to a third grader, and this article upsets me. Parents should teach their children that they need to be responsible for their own homework and school supplies. And just like everyone, teachers need to wind down after hours. How would you feel if your bosses kept texting you deep into the night? On the flip side... I don't see what the big deal is. Everyone has to take ownership of whatever they post on their social network, and teachers are no different. Some public school teachers are so lazy these days and don't want to take any responsibility. This is why parents resort to hagwons, because hagwon tutors are eager to communicate with parents. It's a whole new era, Natasha. Neither I nor my parents when I was a kid would have dreamed of having constant access to our teachers. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, phoning them was like an emergency thing and this constant uh, crisscross of instant messages and uh, social media things just didn't exist, you know? My parents, (laughs) they never even attended the PTA meeting. That's what I'm (laughs) saying. They didn't even attend my graduation, actually. get this one parent's night a quarter and live with it. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to topic number two. Instead of trying to uh, climb the corporate ladder, some young people are choosing a life on the high seas. Yes, they're entering the life of a fisherman. Hmm. Uh, Chungangilbo article profiled three such men in a recent article, and I'll introduce you to two of them. So first is 28-year-old Mr. Kim Gyung, who works on a labor farm in Tolanamdo province. Kim, or seaweed, we just did that in uh, local eats yesterday, actually. Ah, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm pun not intended. Mr. Kim, he tried one semester of police studies in university before soon realizing that it wasn't for him and dropping out. Then for the next few years, he worked at a raw fish restaurant in Gwangju, but didn't enjoy the city life. And so five years ago, he decided to come back home and continue the family labor farm business. Right now, his net revenue is around 200 million won, or around $150,000 per year. So quite high. That's yeah. quite nice. Mm. I, I wonder when you take costs what his net profit is, but uh, he's probably doing pretty well. Pretty well. Mr. Kim said that while he does envy his city-dwelling friends from time to time, you know, with their fancy glass walled offices, he's confident that for him, life on water means higher quality of life than life on land. His day starts early, around 5, 6 a.m., but on most days he's free after 2 in the afternoon to enjoy hobbies such as playing soccer or badminton. Nice. I think he's on to something. Nice. I think he's got a good time. idea. And you said they profiled two. They profiled three, and I, uh, I'm t- introducing two. So okay. the second person, a fisherman, 24 years old, Ko Sun Ho. Unlike Mr. Kim Gyu, Mr. Ko knew since he was little that he wanted to follow his father's footsteps and enter the fishing industry. So Mr. Ko, he majored in marine aquaculture at university and now works on the family abalone farm. Ooh, abalone, that's a high-ticket item. It is, very expensive, especially the big ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to Ko, an increasing number of his childhood friends who moved to the city after school are doing a complete U-turn and coming back to their hometown. Hmm. Ko said that while office jobs don't often pay well and come with inherent instability, the ocean is 
honest because the sea rewards you in direct proportion to your effort. The ocean is honest. That's really cool. It's yeah. a movie line, isn't it? it <laughs> just, I picture Popeye, you know. Yeah. Um, you've heard of this whole quinon movement, yeah. right? That's, you know, people are just tired of the rat race and mm-hmm. kind of going back to the farm. This is kind of like a marine version of that. Exactly. What absolutely. do people have to say? One person wrote, everyone plays a precious role to make the society function properly. It's a shame that Koreans put a hierarchy on jobs and distinguish noble jobs from lowly jobs. There's no such a thing and every profession is valuable and worthy in its own right. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, others commented on the fact that all three men worked on family farms, saying good on them for enjoying their work. But this suggests that even young fishermen need filial connections to succeed. Uh And a job seeker pondered, I've been looking for a job for the past year, so this looks like an attractive option for me. But I'm not sure I can give up the comforts of city infrastructure. That was an especially good point on the second one. I can imagine it's quite difficult to just start a fishing business or start a seaweed farm from scratch. The other point it raises is that you've got to own the business. I mean, it's not like you're exactly. going to go and work as a fisherman for somebody else and as make a, a great living. As a freelance <laughs> fisherman. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to be the entrepreneur, as it were. It, yeah, it takes a lot of money to set yourself up. And while we're on the subject of entrepreneurship, we'll move to topic number three, chicken. It is big business in Korea. I uh, read in an article a few months ago, and my jaw just dropped. There are more chicken joints in Korea than there are McDonald's branches right. on the planet. On the planet. Uh, because a lot of these, especially um, people who have retired voluntarily or not from a big company, they start a chicken joint because right. it's cheap. Mm-hmm. And so uh, apparently some big data is being aggregated on these chicken businesses. That's right. Do you enjoy chicken? I love fried chicken. Just plain. Not the sticky, garlicky stuff. Oh, but right, just right. Just a hudaid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hudaid. <laughs> nice Korean accent there. <laughs> <laughs> so chicken in Korea is arguably the most popular option when ordering in or dining out in Korea, so much so that some call Korea the Republic of Chicken. How do you say that in Korean, the Republic of Chicken? Chicken 공화국. Okay. And netizens often refer to chicken as 치느님, so it's a mashup between chicken and 하느님. 하느님, 치느님. 치느님. Earlier this week, big data analysis firm Downsoft released some interesting results on chicken that confirmed the bird's status as the number one food sensation in Korea. Okay. So for one, they looked at how many times the word chicken was mentioned on Korean social networks from 2011 to last month. And compared to similar foods enjoyed in restaurants, it was mentioned a lot. So samgyeopsal was mentioned 2 million times, pizza 8 million times, and chicken a staggering 14 million times. Whoa. Chicken. People talk about chicken that much. So, so they're uploading photos oh, of know, their chicken. Of their chicken, <laughs> not their pet chicken. The chicken yeah. they're about to ingest. Okay. Uh, so when they're dining out with friends, you know, say, "Oh, I'm eating chicken with my friends." And okay. All right. That's a lot of hits. That is, and they looked at how frequently the word chicken was mentioned in relation to other factors such as the weather and stock price indices. Uh-huh. I bet when it rains. You know, people order a lot of chicken. That's what I thought, right? Yeah. It's like pattern, you know, when it rains, you want something to cheer you up. Yeah. But for whether the nicer the weather, the higher the number of chicken mentions. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Because people like to go outside with their chicken. I guess. Like by so. the hungang or whatever. Yeah. That's oh, a big thing. That's true. That's true. Yeah. By the hungang, right? Mm. So over the past year, on days when the Korean 
Meteorological Association gave a discomfort score of 75 or above. So these are the days when it's too humid, too cold, too dry, etc. The number of chicken mentions was around 2,000. But on fair weather days, the mention climbed up to 3,000. It's fascinating that somebody, it occurred to somebody on somebody, let's find out how much people are talking about chicken. Must be some chicken industry kind of thing that did this, right? I think it's a big data industry. They like to look at the relations of anything kind and Kind of wonky subjects, right? Yeah. And there was also a statistically significant relation between stock price indices and chicken mentions. When the stock price index went up, people talked about chicken more. Really? So in broad terms, it seems that, you know, things that make people happier, temperate weather, a booming economy, is associated with higher chicken mentions. Korea celebrates with chicken. Yes. I've got the new chicken industry (laughs) slogan there right now. Celebrate with chicken. Uh, So chicken is kind of a, you could say it's loosely a barometer of happiness. Exactly. So this company, Downsoft, they worked backwards and develop the so-called Daily Chicken Index. (laughs) Okay. So this index combines factors such as the number of SNS posts mentioning chicken, temperature, wind speed, humidity, stock market activity, and so on, to come up with a number between 0 and 2,000. So 2,000 is a high, high chicken index. People are feeling great. It's a very chickeny day. (laughs) So Director of Downsoft Choi Dae-won said that even if it doesn't lead to actual purchases, the fact that people are thinking and talking about chicken on their SNS means that they don't have any major worries and are relatively content. Che went on to suggest that his company's chicken index could be a reliable gauge of day-to-day happiness levels. You know, you have Inception-like put the idea of chicken in my head. Now, so <laughs> you know what, where Kurt's going after, right. this, after this show. <laughs> what are people saying real quickly? Well, most comments were twofold. One was the health dangers of eating too much fried chicken, and the other was unabound praise for chicken. What an interesting find. Hell, the god of chicken, Chinanim, live forever. <laughs> Chinanim. And I don't understand. Chicken is always right every day of the week. Rain or shine, bull or bear market, chicken is always right under my roof. A chicken under every roof. That sounds like a political slogan. <laughs> and that'll wrap up the Culture Pulse for today. Natasha, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. And Koreascape returns right after this.